Hello and welcome to Your Band Sucks at Business, a podcast on the business of running a band. My name is Malcolm Owenflood. I'm joined today with my co-host as usual, Marcus Manhas. How you doing, man? I'm Malcolm. I'm good. How are you? Doing great. You're back you know, on Vancouver Island and I'm really stoked about that. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not really that crazy because you just get on an airplane and, you know, it happens. <laughs> but it's like, it is, it's weird because we haven't done this since like it last what that was probably in the fall december probably was the i guess the last time that we actually recorded in person isn't it i think so that's a long time ago because we're doing you know every week yeah it feels really nice to be back here it's much calmer and slower (laughs) i'm happy to be here awesome man i can't wait to uh start playing tennis with you again oh yeah i know i brought my racket let's go fantastic (laughs) right on for those uh people concerned about covid marcus is actually in my vocal booth at my studio so we're on it don't worry yeah we're separated by walls so i think we're good yes all right so first off last weekend which is actually like a few days from now <laughs> in in the recording time. Uh, okay, that's confusing. Anyways, <laughs> we're having a Patreon meetup with all our Patreon members and I'm super stoked for that. But if you're listening to this, it's already happened. But if you want to be <laughs> at the next one, go sign up to be a Patreon member. We got a Facebook community and stuff and go in and there's going to be more meetups and it's just generally all around good times and discussions going on in there. But on to today's episode, trying to be to the point if we can, yeah. instead of having like, 10 minutes about us talking about, I don't know, weird stuff like toe shoes. Yeah, what did we talk about? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Didn't we have like a full-on conversation about something last time? We definitely did, and I can't remember what it was. And I wanted to bring up toe shoes because I'm getting some toe shoes. <laughs> for for trail running? Yeah. Hey, and now cool. here we are, we're doing it. <laughs> I love it, let's go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome though. Toe shoes, baby. Cool, well, let's get to it. <laughs> Barefoot running in general, that's, that's my new thing I'm trying out. <laughs> nice, love it. All right. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, and hopefully not on the podcast for all of you folks. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're on the island, we don't have to talk about random shit on the podcast because we can do that outside of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's our. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, let's go. <laughs> all right. So this week we're talking about the sunk cost fallacy, which is great concept that I love. It was one of those ones when I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes so much, like it's so easy to spot when you're looking for it. Yeah. (laughs) And if you are not familiar with it, it is the idea that the more you invest into something, the harder it is for you to give it up and to stop investing into it. Really easy example. You order a burger, it's trash, but you eat it anyway <laughs> <laughs> because you paid for it and you want to get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. I mean, it, 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 this is the thing with the sunk cost fallacy is a very seemingly rational way of thinking because that's the thing. You spend money on a burger, for example, and you're obviously hungry. You know, well, I'm going to, I have to eat it. Like I'm hungry and I spent money on it. I don't want to waste it, but you probably should just throw it in the garbage yeah. <laughs> and go buy another one. Actually, I have a quote, which I think, you know, if you're listening and you're kind of unsure of what the sunk cost fallacy is, this quote to me kind of summarizes it in a really accessible way. And so the quote goes, it's from um, a guy, I, I don't know his name, but his website is schwab.com. Uh, so I don't want to steal it. I think it's his quote. The quote is, this milk is spoiled, but I want to get my money's worth. So I'm going to make a latte anyway. And it's, it's exa- that is the sunk cost fallacy. It's perfect. Yeah, that, that's it at its finest because it's a bad decision to continue, right? Like it's obviously you're going to get sick. Yeah, but you just don't want to dump that milk down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to waste the money. Yeah, I, I literally do this. I'm like, oh, this, this meat has been in the fridge for <laughs> like at least one day too long. 
but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I want and I paid money for it, so I'm going to just risk it. <laughs> totally, but that and that makes sense, right? You don't want to waste it for one because it just feels you, you know you feel morally bad throwing it away. But also, yeah, you don't want to waste your your money, even though the money's already wasted. So yeah, that is the key concept here. The money is already spent. So what I do with it actually doesn't change that. No, it's right? done. The money's that money's gone. It shouldn't even factor into your decision making uh, moving forward. Yeah. So the example I like to to use to visualize this is somebody going to school to get a degree, and then feeling like once they graduate, after going through all that school and stuff, and if they hate it, they but they feel like I have to get a job in that field because I've invested so much time and money into this. And that example highlights the time and the money thing. You've invested both, right? So you have to get your money's worth, but the money's already spent. Yeah. And you have to do it because you put all that time in it, but the time's already gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? totally. It's it's totally irrational, but it is very deceiving and feels like it makes sense, right? Because we pictured, well, that is spent, so I must get this, but it's just not not actually the case. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The time and the money are completely irrelevant at that point because they're gone. They're done. Like You can't change that. So yeah, it shouldn't factor into your decision making moving forward. But of course, we understand why it does. If you if you spend a bunch of money on which we're going to get into later, but if you spend a bunch of money on photos or a music video or something, you want to release that because you've you know you've that's an asset for you. So it feels weird to not release it. That's just like wasting money. So so I do understand where it comes from, and we've obviously had our fair share of these moments as well. Um, oh, definitely. But recognizing it is extremely important to stop you from making bad decisions, but also stop you from wasting money in the future on um, these sunk costs, basically. Yep. Marcus, I was just thinking about that old jacket I had that I wore for like eight years too long that had holes all around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, the, the wool one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. It was an expensive jacket when I first bought it. <laughs> And I wore that thing. <laughs> oh my God. You wore it like years too long. <laughs> I am weirdly frugal with clothing. Like oh, that man. is a, a department that I just like really get my money's worth, which is again, <laughs> hilarious because it's like the money is gone. Yeah. But <laughs> that's so funny. I love that. I forgot about that jacket. Wow. Uh, funny. Many a tour, that jacket. Yes. So we did prepare some examples that are relevant to being in a band. So we're not just talking about milk quotes and stuff. Uh, so uh, I think the the first one, which is like the biggest one and most applicable is along the lines of releasing music or a music video or artwork that is clearly bad. Yeah. <laughs> and this happens all the time. Yeah. I, I know that everybody listening to this, maybe not themselves, but no, could think of somebody that they like know in their scene that was like new music on the way. And then, you know, months later it appears and you, you listen to it and you're like, whoa, this sounds really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this isn't good enough. And you're like, how did, what decision-making process led them to thinking they should release this? And it is almost definitely that they put in the time and money to make that song and they felt like they had to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, can you imagine if, yeah, we see, definitely this is probably one of the number one things. This is the number one place you see the sunk cost fallacy for bands, especially local bands. But I was thinking, imagine if a label like Network or, you know, any, really any label spends a bunch of money, you know, produces an album for an artist. And then they're like, well, we have to release this. Like, you don't see that. They get shelved. If it's not good enough, it gets shelved. So record labels are really good at being like, well, you know what? It doesn't even matter. We spent this money. 
we're not going to release this. Of course, they get the money back through the artist, but they shelve records all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you should shelve your record, (laughs) but you should definitely critically think about it and and say, or any, really any asset you've made, music, video, artwork, like promo photos, really, really anything, you should critically look at it before it goes out and, and be like, is this... Repre- like does this represent us in the light that we want to be represented in because yeah, you don't have to release it yeah and it's yeah. often more detrimental to your career to release something that's not exactly what your vision is or maybe not up to your standards it's going to be detrimental most likely to your career yeah uh those examples are really important because they're there for the rest of your career yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right totally once you put them online they're pretty much immortal um yeah they're just going to last as long as Spotify kicks around pretty much. I mean, you can take it down later, but it's kind of hard. And yeah, it's tricky. You'll never want to go re-record that song with somebody else because it'll feel like you wasted all that time and money, <laughs> but you already did waste it. That's the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah it's already done. <laughs> it's already done. So yeah, it, it's so hard to get over that, but it it really is something we see all the time. I think there's music and then the next one would be music videos. Where it's just like, this video is garbage. What yeah. are you thinking? <laughs> totally. And I think that music videos are probably a tougher one for people to swallow, you know, shelving because, because they don't necessarily have a lot of return when you're a small band for the most part. I mean, obviously there are some music videos that blow up for bands, but I mean, so you're spending quite a bit of money on a video that's not really that great. That's not really going to get you anything anyway. So I think a lot of bands are just like, well, we have to release this. Yeah. Like we've got to, we have to put it out now that we've spent all this, like it's such a waste of money, but that's the thing. The money's already been wasted. (laughs) The money's gone. So why, why, why would you continue the hurt (laughs) by releasing something that's not great? Yeah, definitely. Take that a step further. You also see this with people continuing to push a single. Yeah. So you release a single, it flops and like, well, maybe we just need to do more with it. Keep throwing money after it. (laughs) Keep throwing money at the single that is not connecting with even our fans, you know? Like, it is, that's that's really tricky um, because a lot of marketing is throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know? But I think there's definitely cases where it's like, okay, this song is not, nobody likes it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that is one thing to know and we kind of touched on this before we started the episode, we talked about it and that is one thing to note is that, yeah, sometimes it takes well, a lot of times it takes a long time for a single, especially if you're new, to catch. And so just because you're not getting a reaction right away doesn't mean that it sucks and you should stop. But a lot of times, if that is the case, the writing's on the wall somewhere. And just throwing bad money after bad money is is just a terrible idea. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and that's the sunk, co- it's the sunk cost fallacy, right? Maybe if we throw another $1,000 in Facebook ads, it'll go. You could try, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> Up next, I think, would be writing. Yeah. People get attached to their ideas, especially in the the situation where a songwriter brings a song to the band to, to kind of finish off. By the time they've brought that to the band, they're married yeah. to some things, <laughs> yeah. right? Having experience working in the studio with like such a wide range of musicians over my career, I found that the more senior the musician is or writer is or what or whatever the less precious they are with their ideas yeah yeah for sure (laughs) i think they understand the game they know that it's nothing like it's not personal it's just about getting the best product yeah and that's difficult when you're new 
<laughs> it's a touchy one, but yeah, it's difficult when you're new to to writing or you're new in a band. You it feels so personal to have someone be like, ah, that part doesn't work. Like that's not working. Yeah, or, or you know, do it differently. You don't. Yeah, or don't like the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I think we should reread these lyrics. It's like, well, that's my soul. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, totally understandable. But the more you get into it, the more you realize that it's just about getting the best product. And and yeah, and and again, writing I think can also be a touchy one too because sometimes you have to go through writing the shitty songs to get to the good ones right and and yeah. i think that there is a lot of value in finishing songs regardless if they're good or bad i think there's value in finishing it but there's a there's a fine line between finishing a song and just wasting time finishing a song because you've put so much time into it already yeah <laughs> there needs to be a point where you're like you know what maybe we just record this quickly on our phones and start on something else you know the ideas are there maybe we can revisit it and pull something from it but yeah you see bands all the time just focusing days and and even weeks on a song that you're like it's just getting marginally better and it already isn't good to begin with (laughs) yeah yeah i totally agree so i was up with a band the other week a band called vogue villains i'm producing a record for and we were talking about about this kind of uh but i brought up stephen king and he's got a quote that is kill your darlings but i butchered it and i was like oh yeah stephen king said kill your babies (laughs) (laughs) their uh keyboard guitarist guy rob was like i think it's kill your darlings (laughs) yeah that seems more more right but actually kill your baby seems more stephen king to me yeah it does 100 (laughs) percent. but that's that's so great and uh so true because writers the same way they get attached to their characters they feel like they can't let them go think uh, i'm no that most of the world seems to know about something about Game of Thrones now. I think, Marcus, you're probably one of the few people that doesn't. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, but they kill the best character in the first season. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it was, like, heartbreaking, but it, it was crucial to that series being what it was. Right. It just couldn't have been done another way. So there's, yeah, it's very applicable in writing as well. In, in music, you have to be willing to kill your children. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but that is really great. It's very morbid and you don't want to be saying that to too many people. But yeah, yeah no, that a hundred percent that that's such a, and that is a really great way of trying, you know, maybe putting the sunk cost fallacy into perspective in mm-hmm. terms of writing or, you know, in, in terms of really anything that you're producing as a band, it's basically looking at it critically and, yes. and just realizing like taking it for what it's worth, not for what you think it's worth. Yes. Yeah. yeah I always say better is better. That's like a motto in the studio. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, this is the one I like, but if this one is like perceived as better by the group, then it's it's better, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, nothing is sacred would be the other one. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> everything can be called. You can only have like one important thing that can't be changed. Everything else is optional. Yeah. All right. So the uh, third one, this is just a fun one. Is <laughs> This is a hit, a guitarist <laughs> in particular, but also every everyone, but... I get like abandoned and they're like, oh, I really have to use this like new pedal I got. I'm like, but, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> like, like, I don't care if you just spent your money on it. Like, yeah. But that's totally a thing. People, as soon as you buy some gear, you have to justify using it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. I remember when we were at the warehouse and I wanted to use, I, I mean, I didn't make a deal of this at all, but I remember being like, oh, I hope that we use that snare. That's like, it's a, kind of a new snare. I really like it. It was a lot of money. And then, it got absolutely blown out of the water by like one of my other, you know, another <laughs> snare that I use all the time. Right. But I wanted something, I was like, oh, I got this new snare. I want to try it. 
on this record, you know, I just got it. And yeah, no, it just got blown out of the water. But imagine if I'd been like, well, I have to use it. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's the new, new snare I just bought. I spent money on it. So, you know, I got to use it. It's a surprisingly common thing. Bands being uh, precious about using their own gear. Yeah, totally. What is the driving force behind that? Because you paid money for it. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think that that's really all it can be is that you, and, and I think maybe there's some sort of like an attachment if you listen to your record and be like, those are my drums that are sitting right there. Right. I think drums have the the most right to that opinion. Guitarists are just ridiculous. They're like, no, <laughs> this is my sound. I'm like, you've never recorded before. You don't even know what it sounds like. <laughs> also, yeah, that's kind of a silly one because like, especially with pedals, like who cares? You could, like it has no character that's different than the same pedal that someone else owns. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, totally. But with drums, it's so different. Each one is, yeah. Anyway, I, I do think I do think drummers do it too, though, especially with snares and cymbals. Yeah, snares like, and cymbals for sure. Like they buy like a new five hundred dollar Peisty Crash, you know, like that sounds like shit. It probably sounds good though. I like Peisty. I do too. I love Peisty, <laughs> but but you know, like they're like in the context of the song, like no, yeah. it sounds bad. But I've seen it even teching in the studio and been like, people are very resistant. Like, wow, I want to use this Crash, like, but it doesn't doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Try this one that was one hundred fifty dollars at a pawn shop. It sounds way better. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Actually, that's a great Eric who produced our record. I'm kind of going off here, but he had that big bag of Pisces symbols that he bought off. I'm pretty sure, maybe Eric will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he bought them off a guy uh, on Kijiji, just like, you know, like he was getting rid of like a shitload of symbols and Eric just bought a bunch of them. And those have been on huge records now. Yep. Told and that was the, and you know, like, yeah, they're just swapping symbols out for every, every different song on our record. It's just for the greater good of the song. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter that my expensive symbols were sitting in the corner collecting dust on that session. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's spot on. I think the last point we could touch on, which is like the tough one of just, are you even meant to be in that band? Or, you know, it could be broader in the band. Like, why are we doing this tour? You know, like this tour doesn't have enough gigs to pay for like the gas money alone, you know? Yeah. Before we go too far into that, we should note that that is a very normal thing for touring. <laughs> like, yeah. it's very expensive. So that's not to say if you're not making money on the tour, you shouldn't do it because honestly, most of the tours you're not going to make money on. But you all, there needs to be something, which we've talked about in previous episodes, there needs to be something that offsets that loss. Yes. So you need to have something great and that, you know, really great show on that tour or like a great support slot. I don't want to interrupt you, Malcolm. I just wanted to make a good point. No, about, I, like, I totally agree. Zooming out to that broader one of like, like, are you just in this band because you've been in it for a long yeah, time yeah. and you've, you've put a, a lot of time and money and, and, and effort and you've invested your creativity and your songs into it as well. So you feel the ownership of those. So to quit and, and try moving on to a new thing, would that be wasting all of that effort? Yeah. And of course, no, you've already wasted all that effort. Yeah. The effort's gone. <laughs> it's yeah. been spent. Totally. Yeah. I feel like we're just driving that home. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, this is like not going to be a long episode. We're pretty well done, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that is definitely another one that you see all the time and it's maybe less apparent, you know, on, on the surface, it's easy to see those other three points that we've made. I think it's easy to identify those, but it's a much bigger decision when you're, when you're questioning, you know, like, should I even do this? Should I be in this band still? And if you don't, like, if you feel like you shouldn't, but you're staying there because you've spent too much time in the jam room with these people and you've spent too many years of your life trying to pursue it. That's the wrong reason to stay in in the band. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's totally the sunk cost. You know, you're just, I spent too much time. I got to keep going. Yeah. I mean, 
there was like recently, I was like, am I just in the music industry because I've always been in it? <laughs> and I had to think about it. I think I love it though, so it's okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm not about to just quit here. <laughs> but uh, it was a good little like self-aware conversation to have with myself. It was like, why am I here? Is yeah. it just because I've this is all I've known? And I think a lot of people do that. They become carpenters because their dad, you know, did carpentry with them or whatever. Or that was their first job. So that's the field they land in. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, just why, why is this the case? Totally. Just because you're good at something isn't really a fulfilling enough reason, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, a lot of people just do something. Yeah, because they've always done it. And that's kind of just what we're talking about. Builds with, the investment even more. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah, I think the main takeaway is just to recognize that the cost and, uh, you know, the monetary cost, but also the time, those are gone. So they just shouldn't factor into the decision making moving forward. So, but it's very difficult to separate those things. You know, it's, it is really hard to do that, but um, to be aware of it is really important. Yeah, just uh, think critically. That is the goal of this episode. We sometimes were good at it, <laughs> and sometimes we weren't. Honestly, yeah, we're fifty-fifty. Yeah, we we do have some songs that were never released, which I will be the first to admit I tried to release. Like I was <laughs> on team release, and you guys were like, "No, man, <laughs> it's a song called Hair Metal." Obviously, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Working title, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, that I'm really glad that we, we, yeah, yeah I think. I said 50-50, but I feel like we were a little better than 50-50, but we definitely made bad decisions based on sunk costs. For sure, we released things that we wouldn't have released by choice, yes. if that makes sense. We felt like we had to, which we didn't, but we felt like we did because we spent the money on it. Yeah, we definitely pushed a single that we shouldn't have even pushed in the first place. Yeah. We did do some tours that we probably shouldn't have done. Yep. <laughs> Especially early on. Yeah. Like, like, it was like, you guys want $600 to come drive 22 hours north and take a ferry? And we're like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> we'll insure the RV. We'll yeah. Hire a basis. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Great times. But yeah, yeah. Uh, business decisions, not smart. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to get famous or discovered driving northern BC. <laughs> <laughs> Our band sucked at business at that point. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Quick one. All right. Quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Again, if you want to join the Patreon membership and hang out with other like-minded people, please go to yourbandsucksatbusiness.com and click the support us button. You'll get taken to it. You'll see all the perks and stuff like that and you can check it out. Some of our members do get a shout out for the top tier and we've got Evan Miller of the Wild Romantics, Chris Erickson of Scove, Bernard from the Enrons, Ryan from Venom and Spirit, Grady from Leather Apron Revival, Lucas from Vogue Villains, Graham from Carmana, Kevin from Supreme Remedy, Rob Elo, Tay Fance, and Carlin from Mulligan. And we got to give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber, Nathan Margetz from the band Shed Monkeys. Nathan's literally one of my like top three favorite guitarists in history, I think. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, that's a hell I like, of a... literally mean it. There's, that's uh, awesome. who do I got? I got like John Mayer, Ian Thornley, and then Nathan. <laughs> You're about to get roasted for saying John Mayer. I know, but they're so fucking wrong. I know they are. I know. Yeah, for the record, everybody, John, I love John Mayer. He's the best. Anyway. Yeah, and that was quite a spread I just had there. That was. That was wild, and I love it. That's great. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah. Stoked yeah. to have you on board, buddy. He's uh, the fuzz master. Nice. Fuzz lord. <laughs> love it. So is he? does he uh, insist on using his fuzz pedals in the studio? Yeah, but he's right. <laughs> he is entirely right. Nice. Love it. <laughs> Actually, you know, he's he's totally uh, chill. He, like, he's got so much amazing gear, so we always found something. 
But we did some overdubs with my camper and he was like, oh, that sounds great. Nice. Like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a great trait to have in the studio. Totally. They, that band in general, I got to say, is amazing with not having this problem. They came to me with like a bunch of songs and I was like, pretty much like, go write a bunch more. And they were like, sure. And then we just called down to like, I think we did five or something. And most bands would have had a flip out. <laughs> That's, it's good. Yeah. Fuck you, Malcolm. Like, like it literally happens. Bands are like, hey, like we want to record these songs. I'm like, ah, I don't think these are good enough. Can you send me some more? And then they're like, oh, well, we're going somewhere else. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it is interesting. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm nicer than that. That, that was a condensed version. It's not true. You're not. It depends. How. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Yep. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the support as always. And we'll see you next week. Bye. What's up, everyone? This is Malcolm Flood here, one of the hosts of Your Band Sucks at Business. If you've been listening to this for a while, you may be aware that we haven't done a new episode in quite a while. Stay tuned. I'm sure there will be more coming. But for right now, I wanted to give you an update on where Marcus and I are at and where you can find us and find out what we're doing right now. So currently, I'm over at the Self-Recording Band podcast, which is another one of my podcasts that I co-host. And if you are into doing DIY recordings with your music or your band's music, you absolutely got to check that podcast out. But in addition, I'm also doing some YouTube content and pushing that really hard right now. So I ask you to please go check out my YouTube channel. You can find me under my name, Malcolm Ownflood, M-A-L-C-O-M-O-W-E-N-F-L-O-O-D. You'll find me and I'm doing tons of fun stuff over there. I'd love to have you come visit me on YouTube and please do give me a subscribe. That is super appreciated. And now for Marcus, he is just killing it right now. He's been touring pretty much all over the world with Current Swell and Luca Fogali and some other folks. He's just absolutely killing it. And he's got his own website up, MarcusManhas.com. And you can go find his kind of touring sessions, playback stuff all up on there. Totally encourage you to go connect with him. And again, thanks for listening to the Your Band Sucks at Business podcast. It is so appreciated. And I'm super glad that these episodes are helping people out there. Don't be a stranger. Do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Instagram's probably the best place to find Marcus or myself. So connect with us there. We'd love, love to hear from you. And yeah, enjoy the episode. Thanks.